It's time to feel the rage. Welcome to Film Rage, where we talk movies. Streaming and classic movies are in the spotlight as the doors to the movie theaters remain closed. Directors and actors beware, as you cannot hide from the rage. My name is Bryce, and I'm part of the Film Rage crew, which also includes Jim, once again joining us via walk-around phone. Hello, Jim. Hey, hey. And we are operating shorthanded once again this week as our other crew member Murray is still on hiatus. So, with the introductions out of the way, let's rage on! Alright, as usual, we got a jam-packed week this week. Uh, we're going to be talking about new ways to stream new content via film movements. Uh, we're going to talk about the streaming. We're going to do a doubted, undoubted, mesmerized list. Uh, film genre faves for this week is music documentaries, Open Rage, Rage or Dare, and then Closing. So, this week in streaming, uh, we learned about a new, I guess a new process that's happening um, through uh, film movement. So we're going to have be talking about a few films that we saw through film movement through a couple of our uh favorite locations uh so um yeah uh bryce why don't you uh lead us off with what we saw first uh first thing we saw was the wild goose lake uh this was actually put on by the uh, calgary international film festival um so uh for those of you that do want to go or that you don't have to even go anywhere to see this if you want to see this you can actually stream it um through calgaryfilm.com. Um, this will support your local film festival here, here in Calgary if you're here. Um, or if you're not, hey, why not support the local film festival anyways? Um, so calgaryfilm.com, you go there, it'll bring up a big banner on it, click on it, pretty pretty, uh, pretty easy to do. Um, this was a pretty wacky movie, Wild Goose Lake. Um, basically, it's... Um, <laughs> It's the story of a gangster on the run from the police and from rival mobsters. And I guess it was really that simple, but simple became complicated through flashbacks and misdirection in this movie. Um, at some points I was thinking to myself, this is brilliant. And then other times I was just a little confused. Um, some parts of the movie were moving at a nice methodical pace, which we all know I like. Uh, and then the movie would go crazy for a while with some frenetic action sequence that I, it really didn't fit the rest of the tone. And I'm not, I'm not sure if it was good or bad. Um, some people might really get into it. Um, but I found it a little weird. Um, we did, a, an, however, get an umbrella impaling a man and then being opened up, complete with a giant blood spray into said umbrella. So that was kind of cool. Um, we also got some line dancing in the middle of the street, which was an odd scene to say the least. I think I liked a lot of this movie. In fact, I think I really liked a lot of this movie. Um, even in the parts that did not make a lot of sense to me, which there were a few. And I, I'm a pretty smart guy, but I think there's some stuff in there that was just a little too strange. Um, but overall, it was just a meh for me. I, I think it was worth watching, but I can't mondo it. What did you think? Well, I would agree with most of what you said. Um, so, I, I mean, first off, I um, I thought the direction was, was at times were brilliant. Like there were Absolutely. shots in this that I, I just love to see. Um, it had some great effects and some shots. Like um, at other times, it seems like it was missing the suspense. It just it desperately needed something more to the film. It I, I, I agreed with you right from the very beginning. I thought um, this this could be an amazing film. But as you know, for me, um, one of the big things that drives me through any film, and we'll talk about this in the next one that we're going to watch, um, is character. And there's, there was no character development in this movie at all. It was kind of like, it, it was an action movie that, that didn't know its pace. And, and actually, to be quite honest, I found it comparative to a lot of um, Chinese comedies that I've seen over the years where it's, it, you know, it's like, it's almost like we're missing some of the, cultural references that might have been more um, well-known within the, perhaps the Chinese cinema, right? So um, it, I loved a few scenes in the movie. Like right from the very beginning, there was a really good action scene. Um, uh, I loved there was a, a fight uh, in the hotel near the beginning, the scooter scene where the guy loses his head. 
the scene in the apartment, as you mentioned, uh, for lack of a better word, the protagonist, quote unquote, is going to be killed. But then he kicks some serious ass and especially using an umbrella. So it's, you know, it's, there was scenes in there that were kind of really good, but then there was just a lot of downtime where it didn't fill it with anything that kind of made you want to stay connected. I felt myself dozing off a little bit. I didn't fall asleep, but that's, that's a good thing. I did, I did like you, I did enjoy it, but um, it was a mess for me too. Um, I think it, they, it was too choppy. I found the direct, the direction a little bit more choppy than I'm used to. Yeah. And, um, and and I was I was as I was watching I was trying to decide whether that was really really working for me or really not working for me and in the end it that didn't work for me. Now some people might really enjoy this movie um, because there's a lot of good stuff in it. Um, but yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, overall, I agree. yeah, yeah, I would I would agree. I think I think that there was a lot of good things in this, and I think people should probably check it out. It was rather long too. Um, I I don't mind weird. You know me, I'm all about weird. But I didn't find a lot of it so much weird per se. I found it more that um, it was just it's like it's like here they have this this guy who's a bad guy, but he's a good guy. Like I didn't really care for any of the characters. I was kind of like, okay, so if there, someone dies, do I really care? <laughs> you weren't really rooting for anyone. I'm, I will agree with that. No, it was right. It's kind of like okay, well, it's the main. Yeah. Main actor gets killed. Oh well, there's another person. The, the that's only other, there that they... the only other problem I had with it really was that uh, I found that some of the misdirection that they kind of put in there was didn't really go anywhere. Um, it was just there for the sake of kind of misleading you a little bit. So there was a couple things in it yeah. that kind of did that. But uh, as I say, really good looking movie. Um, enjoyed a lot of it, but in in the end, it was a man. Yeah, agreed. Total yeah. is a mess for me too. All right. Um, but interestingly, just to sort of add a little bit on that, uh, so our friends at SIF slash Calgary um, International Film Fest slash, slash Calgary Film um, had another movie. So they actually were going to do two films that you could stream through the through the system. One of them uh, was a movie that we saw back a, a few weeks ago. Yes, called Corpus Christi, which was a and, mondo. Uh, which was a super mondo. So interestingly enough, uh, people who listen to our podcast, if you want to get a chance to see this film, this is a great opportunity to see it through, uh, through Calgary International Film. And uh, it's on, if you want to hear how we rated it on our episode 12, you'll get to hear us talk about Corpus Christi, which we talk about it for quite a bit because it was a really, really good Because we film. loved it. We absolutely, both of us loved it. So um, yeah, kudos to, to Sip for um, coming up with two completely different films and options for people to look. One was a, a super amazing action film and the other one was a, a drama, right? So it's putting the variety as well. So if we can't be in the theater with our friends, at least we can uh, stream and support some uh, local charities. Absolutely. Um, and you, you know what that deserves? That deserves this, Jim. Let's hear it. Oh, yes, I agree. Yeah. It also deserves a little more of this. Oh yeah, let's take a break. Streaming. Motherfucking streaming. We're just streaming. Right? Streaming. <laughs> right on. Alright, well let's move into our uh, our next film we saw. So this like like our friends at uh, this. Um, this film was brought out by our friends at Landmark, who, um, as people who listen to our podcast will know, I'm a, we. I don't want to speak for you because for some reason I think you like commercials, but for me I don't like them, and that's why I love commercials Landmark. Commercials are awesome. Than I like Cineplex. Exactly, <laughs> they're not. Gets y'all uh, worked up for, for the movie. <laughs> well, if I'm going to see builds movie, anticipation. Rage, <laughs> if I'm going to see a movie to specifically rage about it. Then I'll, I'll go see one at Cineplex. But if I want to go see a movie I want to enjoy, I'll go to Landmark and put me in the good mood before ah, I see it. Ah, whatever. So this one uh, we saw was, um, I don't know if I'm getting this pronunciation right, that Etruscan uh, tr- Smile. Let's go with that. Sure. Etruscan so Smile. Yeah. This was um, through uh, Landmark. So they, you know, they sent out if you're following them. On any of the social medias, you can link to their website and see this movie. Uh, I love this movie. I thought it was a mondo. 
there was parts about it that was draggy to me, but uh, Brian Cox is probably one of my all-time favorite actors, and we're going to talk more about um, Brian a little bit later. Love in, Brian in the podcast. Cox. Um, I love the cast. I love the arc of the character. Again, I thought they developed his character brilliantly. And take this guy that was, you know, pretty much a dick. That you know, <laughs> his his arch nemesis. He's 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 trying to to beat him at a game of dying. Yes. As, as they're both dying of cancer. For, for whoever a, for dies luck, right? first loses. Yeah, exactly. And when is well, I don't want to spoil anything in the movies. So I think people should see this one. Um, it, it, some of the um, some of the scenes that were a little bit predictable and a bit staged. I found, but what I just love Brian Cox so much and his arc through this story and the change and development and the love that comes out of this. Like it, it was really a um, a movie that uh, it has some good comedy in it. Like his whole character and the interaction he had with. Um, with some of the people that uh, he was interacting with was uh, was hilarious. Like there was a point he was freaking hilarious. Um, and and Roseanne Arquette's in this. Like I you know I don't see her, but she when she pops up, I, I just love everything she's in. She too. popped up, and Tim Matheson popped up as the Doctor. <laughs> I haven't yeah. seen him in a while either. So yeah, so that's what I mean, right? It's um, it's uh, even I, I even Thora Birch. What was the last time she just saw her in anything? I don't know. I can't even remember. I, you know what? I can't remember. I, th- I thought maybe she retired. I, it's pretty young to retire, but. I well, you, you may be depressed to know she's been doing some stuff on TV, which I know you. Oh, <laughs> the, the television. Right. I've got and one I, of those. I, I got one of those. I watch movies on it. Exactly. Uh, there's another one because we talked about this movie, I think last week or the week before the last man and. Last Black Man in San Francisco. She played a small bit role in that. Oh, right? yeah, she so, was in that. All of a sudden, yeah, yeah, you're right. She was definitely in that. Oh, well. <laughs> okay, so I know not oh, of what I speak. Um, yeah, sometimes you do. Anyway, yeah. what'd you think of it? Uh, I thought it should have been better. Um, it didn't affect me in the way that it affected you. Um, you you got like a lot of emotion out of it. Um, I thought Brian Cox was great, but uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe my expectations are a little too high when it comes to you know Brian P- Cox project. So I, I go into thinking that it's going to be Mondo automatically, and uh, I don't know. It was okay, um, but I thought it had potential to be great. Um, Brian Cox was, you know, as always was great. Um, and he was again here, but the movie did not cause me to really feel anything. <laughs> um, anything at all? Not really. And a, the connection he had with and his a, No, and a story. So and that's cute. the next thing I was going to say. A story about generations of fathers and sons should have affected me more than this movie did. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe my heart is getting blacker by the day, but this was a math for me. Uh, well, yeah, I do agree that your heart is getting blacker by the day. It's there you go. Filled with joy from other reasons, and now you can't find joy in movies that joy. I don't know. Maybe that's it. There's too much know. joy in your heart already. <laughs> okay, there, Doctor Jim. <laughs> I prefer Mister Doctor. Or even I didn't go. To, what is it? I didn't go to nine years of evil medical school. You called Mister. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you say. Sadly. All right, sir. So from, uh, are we done with that one or? I think so. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, like I said, it's a Mondo for me. I think it's worth checking out. It's to see nothing else to see Brian Cox. Absolutely. But, uh, I got no problem watching a movie. Just watch Brian Cox do his thing. There's no question, but eh, it was just a little flat for me. All right, sir. So on to running with the devil, the movie, not the Van Halen song. Um, you can, yeah, you can stream this on Netflix. Um, yeah, it's a movie that sort of follows the entire supply chain of an international drug trafficking operation. Um, sounds like an interesting concept and perhaps, and, and, and perhaps that would make a good movie, right? Well, that, unfor- <laughs> that unfortunately is not the case here. Um, the film stars Nick Cage as the cook who is assigned the task of finding out what is happening to the cocaine his boss is smuggling as it makes its journey from Mexico to Canada. Um, along the way, we are introduced to the aforementioned cook and the boss 
and the agent in charge and the executioner and the man and the farmer and the snitch, the snitch. and the collector <laughs> and the number one, etc., etc. Etc. I get it. <laughs> None of them have an actual name and are presented to us by flashing their moniker on the screen in giant white letters, which became increasingly irritating as the movie rolled on. Um, really unsatisfying mess of a movie. You can tell the ambition to make an epic movie was there, but dare I say perhaps a little too ambitious. Um, it was bogged down by its the, you know, it's one-dimensional cartoon-like characters in a movie that I think I was supposed to take seriously. Um, this was just a bad movie. Rage. Yeah, I can't deny any of that. But actually, it was funny because it there was parts in it I did like, but I, I like I can't think specifically what it was. But, I've already forgotten um, the movie. Yeah, it's it's easily forgettable. But no, but you see, you you can't say that. That's not you. I'm I'm calling you on this right now. All right. Not not thinking about it as a Matthew rage because you're so angry about what you should be about this movie. Okay, well, um, it, it it annoyed me a lot. Well, just the stupid did, yeah, plot be- devices. The the the. They're trying to make a movie like they're almost trying to do like a traffic type thing with like drug yeah. trafficking, you know, with all yeah. these stories that are kind of independent. And you don't really know what's going on. And then they sort of tie together. And yeah, to be honest, the Lawrence Fishburne. Uh, char- yeah, no, I remember stuff about this movie. The Lawrence Fishburne <laughs> character alone oh is enough to make me rage. What the heck was oh. that? That was just. Why was he in it? Why, Why was he, he in it? What purpose did it have and, and, other than to have this misogynistic garbage going on? That It was just bad. Everything about his character was hateable. Off. But, like, for me, and it, it was, added nothing it was, to the movie. Like, it's No. not they, so, Really. Yeah. I mean, other than he was a guy. I don't know. What was his character? And he was the man. He was He's the man. man. Yeah. Could have been a man, not even the man. Yeah, he but, definitely uh, wasn't the man. They had a ton. They had a ton of great actors in this. Like Lawrence Fishburne, I normally love. Yep. Nicholas Cage, we've been talking about him in his last few movies. Oh, like, I've been doing such good he's stuff. Made Man- yeah, he did Mandy, did The Color of Space. He did um, uh, Mom and Dad. Like, he oh, Mom and Dad was great. Action movies. I know, right? And and so I, the whole reason that I had thought we should see this movie was I saw the people that were in it. And then I thought, huh, Nicholas Cage has been just delivering and making me enjoy his rage. And he didn't rage once in this whole movie. Like, that's his stick. It's like, if you're not going to rage, buddy, I have no interest in watching you act anymore. Hey. <laughs> Apparently was, when you do those, but... but the one thing you can count on with Nick Cage is you're not going to be bored by his performance. I was bored by him in this. I was bored by everybody. I was yeah. either bored or angry. I, that's not good. <laughs> actually, the only person who I didn't mind in this, and I love him, well, I still kind of rage. He made me rage too, is Adam Goldberg. I like Adam Goldberg, yeah. and and I, even he he was a little bit annoying in this too, right? Yeah. Well, he's been so he's been um, so typecast, Adam Goldberg. Though he's probably the same guy in everything I see him. But in. he but he does it well. He does right? it well. There's no he, question. He, so he's more dynamic than a potato, shall we say? But uh, so what I found about this movie is I found it was a little made for t- too much made for TV. Whereas, or I can imagine seeing this in um, maybe grade eight or grade nine um, geography or history class about about how the drug cartel moves its money or moves its drugs from, from South America or Mexico up into Canada. Yeah. You know, and I could see it, it could have been an animated feature, but uh, it was kind of like how to, the only thing that I liked about this movie, the only thing that made, that I liked about this Lay movie it on me. was I found out, was I found out the price of Coke from start to finish. I kind of just would have. I kind of just wished that they would have told me what the price was when it started, and then when it finished, so then I would know. <laughs> yes, that was the only thing I liked. I was like, "Oh, that's interesting. Who would have guessed?" Oh, and they flashed it up the first time. I actually, I didn't know what was going on. I was like, "That sounds like really cheap." <laughs> and then I'm like, "Oh, okay." As yeah. we go along, it gets more expensive. It gets more expensive. It gets yeah, more expensive, so but he- but less pure. It starts out as, yeah. as totally pure and inexpensive, and by the time it hits the street, it's completely cut to nothing and super expensive. Yeah, 
Um, so th- that was that was another part that I did. I did kind of like I shouldn't say that. There was the part where, um, first of all, the, um, when Nicolas Cage dies in the movie, I'm going to tell everybody. You know, people who see this aren't going to be surprised by the fact that he's going to die. It made no sense. Like, first of all, that whole scene made no sense. Nothing but then the fact that he sense. dies made no sense. And then uh, the part I did like was seeing Lawrence Fishburne's arms to the dog was pretty fun, though. I have to admit that was almost I was almost cheering. If it was in a, yeah. a crowded audience, I would have been clapping and screaming. Yes. <laughs> Finally, something. Something <laughs> interesting happening. There you go. <laughs> All right. Enough about that. It was movie. a hard rage. For it me. was such a rage. Yeah, hard, hard, hard rage. For I'm sure. with you. <laughs> All right, but sir. Thank God we shared it, shared in it together. Absolutely, and I understand you saw a couple of animated uh, films that I, I, I managed I to some, miss. Yeah, I saw some trolls. Saw some trolls. So this, there's a bit of a backstory here, but ultimately, I, um, uh, Onward came out on Disney Plus, and Onward was like when remember when we went and saw The Hunt. Yep. It came out in the theaters this last weekend. The theaters were open. That's the same weekend, I believe, that Onward came out. Right. So it got like two days of, of viewing at the theaters, and then it went straight offline. So it hasn't been doing anything. And then it came out on streaming back about a maybe a week or so ago. And then guess what? Disney Plus plunked it into their rotation. So the reason I wanted to, to see it or talk about it was the fact that it's like a brand new release. And Disney Plus put it straight to there. So I'm hoping that means Disney Plus is going to put some better content in there. Because so far, I'm kind of regretting buying a Disney Plus right up at the start. Because it's just back content, right? Like they haven't really put a lot of new stuff on there. So, um, and, and... Hey, you and got so the Mandalorian. That, yeah, that was good. But so what? I mean, that's... I couldn't have seen the whole series when I bought it six months from now. Right? Hey, so, hey, stop talking um, TV. <laughs> no, it's just talking onward. It was playing on Disney Plus. Uh, and the other one was our friends at um, Troll, Trolls World Tour. So I, I have a secret soft spot in my heart for Trolls. I like all the actors in this movie. I like Anna Kendrick. I like Justin Timberlake. I like the full cast. I thought it was cute. I Did I love it? No. But it, it was just no. Both these movies were overall mess for me. And I was trying to visually through the eyes of, say, a parent, because they both kind of came out online at the same time. So if you're a parent going to watch either Onward with your kids, you probably end up watching both of them, but Onward as a kid with your kids or Trolls, um, I personally thought Onward was a little better movie, uh, mostly because of the characters they have in it. Sam Rockwell's even in it. Come on. Like, nice. the god Sam Rockwell. But um, uh, the music, it, it's just Trolls is just cute and fun. I don't know. I if if I wasn't such a softie for trolls, but I used to buy my kids when they were little, uh, I probably wouldn't have loved this movie as much. But I don't know. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm becoming a softie in my old age. Yeah, well, it was bound to happen eventually, right? <laughs> so for me personally, it would be too mad. But I think both these movies would play well for kids in the in the time when they're at home with their parents uh, and they're driving you nuts. So. I think both worth a, worth a check out for parents and All their kids right. for sure. All right. So with that out of the way, it is time for a little undoubted, doubted, mesmerized. Uh, what are we talking this week? What do we got? Well, I think we got a, two, a couple uh, mesmerized. We don't have anybody for doubted and undoubted this week. We kind of had a pre-chat about, about both these people and their content. So we didn't have to make our listeners go through the torment that we went through trying to figure out whether they're they had okay. Both of them have a bunch of shit that they've done. So um, first off is Brian Cox, who yep. we both uh, saw in our in, in true a trusting smile. Yeah. Uh, so I I I think I love him, and I think he's he's definitely mesmerizing anytime he's on the screen. So yeah. For me, hey man, he was he, the, he was the, he was the original Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. Exactly, Manhunter. And his his version of it was chilling, by the way. I, I know Anthony Hopkins took the role, and but man, if you watch Manhunter, oh, he was so good in it. Yeah, it's interesting they didn't recast him. I wonder why they didn't. But yeah, I, I you know what I mean. Like he's already been in Manhunter. Why wouldn't? Kind of yeah. would have made more sense. Yeah, totally different studio, totally different project. So 
It happens. But isn't that isn't that weird though? That that like Manhunter came out, nobody saw it. I, I you talk to a hundred people on the street. It's a, it really, it's a great movie. It really is a great I know. movie. But but have you like really haven't you seen that with people? They go Manhunter. Oh yeah, that? like what? Yeah, what? There was Hannibal. There was a Hannibal Lecter movie before Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, there was. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> Anthony yeah, Hopkins wasn't it. in it, but it was good. But yeah, <laughs> I tell you. So yeah, no, I'm I'm in agreement. Brian Brian Cox is definitely mesmerized. Awesome. And the other one we had was our uh, buddy Sasha Baron Cohen. Now, yeah. I know things that you don't necessarily like of him. He's, uh, yeah. But he he captivates the screen whenever he's on. Man, you cannot argue with the fact watch him in Hugo he steals everything from everybody he can be very good but am I am I absolutely focusing on Sasha Baron Cohen every time he's on the screen is he mesmerizing me I don't I'd be surprised if he said no I'm gonna say no he doesn't how could you how could you not like everything he's in you, you can't he steals the scene. I don't. Everybody. I didn't even. I didn't even want to look at the screen in in uh, the Brothers Grim, Grim Grimsby. For some reason, I can't say that. I didn't even want to look at the screen. So how is he mesmerizing when I want to just look away the entire time? Oh, just are you playing out your card that if it if he's in a movie that made you rage so hard? No, they can never be on any of our list. No, I'm not. I'm not playing <laughs> so that. that. By the way, before. there is. Well, there, there's one case where that card gets played because he was in the worst movie in the history of movies, and that's Kevin Spacey in the. the why is the movie left my head? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's it called? <laughs> I can't even remember the movie's <laughs> name. Anyway, you uh, the life of David Gale. That's what it is. Terrible, yeah. terrible. He, he gets on no list forever for that. It's just yeah, the way it goes. But no, that's not the case here. The case is, is that he wasn't so mesmerizing that I had to look at him on the screen. Absolutely, he wasn't. I was that. You know, whether if sometimes when a guy's in a bad movie and he's mesmerizing, he's mesmerizing. He wasn't mesmerizing. It was a bad movie, and I he did nothing for me in it too. And that's that's the whole thing. Sure. So first off, I'll correct you. It's one of the funniest movies ever made because it made my top ten list. I didn't but- laugh once. <laughs> I laughed nonstop through the entire movie. <laughs> you're, you're such a child. Uh, yeah, I am. I like potty jokes. And that yep. movie was yes, you, and that's all that the movie was. was. It was toilet humor. The yep. Entire movie. Yes, it was. Pee pee poo poo ha ha ha. Yes, thank you. Um, all right. Well, Sasha Baron's not going to make our list, at least not for now. Maybe he'll redeem himself in future future movies. Uh, let's hope so. But let's uh, move on to the next thing. It is time once again for our favorite film. Uh, as per genre this week, it is music documentaries. Uh, what do you got for us, Jim? Well, I created a list of my top ten, and then I have three, just three runner-ups, or two runner-ups. Two and runner-ups? Uh, just two. Yeah, just two. And they'll be honorable, honorable mentions, so... Honorable I, I may have outrunner-upped runner. you. <laughs> yeah, that's not, the, that's not the first time you've done outrunner-ups. Um, my first honorable mention would be by uh, David Bowie, The Last Five Years. Um, oh, yeah, seeing, David Bowie, seeing David Bowie die on screen was a blessing and a curse. Um, uh, it was great to spend time with my favorite artist of all time. I'm, I'm a huge Bowie fan. I loved everything about this movie. I love the fact that <clears throat> before he dies, he knows his, his dream is fulfilled by the making the, um, the musical Lazarus. So um, if you haven't seen this, I think it's on Crave. So, uh, you can yeah, it's, check it out it's really good. On um, the other one, close behind that one would be uh, Rush, uh, Beyond the Lighted Stage. Oh, yeah. There's a very good insight in, into the Canadian icons Rush. Um, I, I like the fact that it wasn't just another Rush, you know, musical. So, uh, just for maybe clarity for um, our listeners, it, this isn't music on film. These are documentaries about musicians. So, 
Um, so, you know, you still get to see, obviously, sometimes they perform and you get to see some music, but it's more about the what's going on with the with the music in the, in the industry. So my number 10 right uh, is Hype from 1996. Uh, it's a grunge, grunge-tastic 90s music scene. Um, I loved it. The music's great. It's all the music I, I listened to in the 90s. Um, it talks a lot, obviously, about Nirvana. But uh, it talks about a lot of other bands from that time frame that really didn't get a lot of um, sort of presence uh, outside of the shadow. But so much was going on in Seattle at the time. So it was, it's uh, it's kind of like the birth of grunge. So I, I liked it. I'm not sure if you've seen that one or if you're a grunge fan, but huge, huge grunge fan. So Yeah, I haven't seen that one. Um, I'll have to check that one out. Number nine. Actually, this one I actually screened uh, at the docks, uh, Cup Docks. I don't think it played, it didn't play at our cut up, but it's now out streaming. You can see it places. It's called uh, Brainiac Transmissions After Zero. It's yeah, in 2019. That was cool. Uh, another journey into a band that died before their time. One of the most influential bands of the 90s. Sad, super sad movie, but wow. Uh, I forgot how great their music was. I, I was a huge Brainiac fan too, and just doing music that just wasn't happening anywhere, right? Um, number eight, uh, Gimme Danger from 2016, Iggy Pop, uh, the best, uh, he has ever been. This guy never stops being a trendsetter. Ooh, Amazing performer. That one was really good. Why isn't that on my top yeah. 10? You must've forgot about it. I must've forgot about <laughs> it. That, that was an excellent, excellent documentary. Good pick. This gives you a chance to, uh, this gives you a chance to reshuffle. Maybe, maybe it gets out of here. I'm going to stick with my top 10, but yeah, no, I get I got okay. no problem with that. That, that movie's awesome. <laughs> you just added another one to your honorable mention. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I guess it would have to be number 11. Give me, <laughs> give me danger. All right. All right. Well, number seven is it might get loud in 2008. Jimmy Page, the edge and Jack white, three guitar icons, learn from each other and we get to see how they became who they are. I love this movie. I saw it in the theaters twice when it came out. Yes. I just, yeah, I it, loved everything about we're it. We're going to hear about it again later. Ooh, snap. Uh, number six, uh, Native Stone. Stone Rose is 2013. Um, was played at a cup off the cup event a few years ago here at the Globe uh, Cinema. A doc that brought an epic Manchester band, the Stone Roses, back for a reunion. I have loved this band for so many years, uh, right from their first album. Another sad story about a band that was beaten down and tortured by its label. And um, it, it caused them to break up, I guess, over time. Uh, the concert was a way, you know, the coming back together. And it was, such a, it was such a great movie. I loved it. Not sure if you've seen that one or if you're a Stone Roses fan, but... Yeah, I, I saw it. It was okay. I'm not a big Stone Roses fan, so that's why it was probably just okay for me. Well, that, you know what? That's the one thing about music docs, right? Is that oh, you're going to be more invested um, from the fan, get-go. When, yeah, you know, if, if it's a band that, unless it's a band that no one knows about and you're really sucked in, you're going to have a way bigger opinion of a, of a music doc going in because you're going to be so stoked to see your favorite band and learn all you know stuff maybe you didn't know about them the whole deal, and you're going to more be more excited coming out if you love the music going in. So. You know, it's yeah. always going to be a little well, bias in, in these for sure. Well, in this, that, it's funny you say that because uh, my top five, we're now in my top five. It's a mishmash of, of both those and, and, and the answer to that because my number five uh, is We Are X from Jap Japan X. Oh, Japan uh, X. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, this played, yeah, it played a few years ago. I think it was at Cup as well. After seeing this film, I was not really into Japanese metal, and I saw this movie, and I just, I just binged a shitload of Japanese metal after seeing it. Uh, I like a uh, lot. I like a lot of Japanese metal, but I don't like Japan X much. <laughs> but did, you, did you see the doc? I saw the doc. The doc was really good. I enjoyed the doc, um, but uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not a big Japan X fan, but I, I do like. I do like me some Japanese metal though. Yeah, well, yes, easy o and loudness and flatbacker, good stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of had um, got more into it. I wasn't funny because I think you came from the metal side. I came from the punk side of music, yeah. and and um, a That's lot of fair. my influences came from punk or post punk. 
Um, so metal was never one of my strong suits, but I do, I do, I do like uh, some metal for sure. I like, I like heavy stuff, but, um, yeah. So seeing this, it was one of those things I'd never heard of them. The fact that their drummer pretty much just about dies every show they play. And I'm yeah. just like, first of all, why are you still why playing? Why are you still doing like, it, dude? <laughs> it's not worth it. But, but apparently it is, right? I guess it is. You know, that, the guy right? will, the it's, guy it's will risk his life for the music, man. You got to respect that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number four for me was Joy Division from 2007. Uh, for fans of this, I, I, I can iconic band. Uh, this is an amazing summary of the history of Joy Division. I, I was a huge Joy Division fan and then also became a really big New Order fan. So Fair it was, it was great. I love the stock. Um, number three, super duper Alice Cooper from 2014. Yeah, that was pretty good. Uh, there's a long story with my love and hate with Alice Cooper. Um, after almost getting killed in the riot uh, in Toronto, because I was at that concert, uh, oh, I kind of stopped being <laughs> yeah, stopped being a fan of Alice Cooper. Um, and almost, uh, you know, I fell back in love with him um, back when you know, I started listening to him on the radio and his talk show. And then just got back into his music in a big time, big way. That this he, movie he made he he made so, well so much good stuff. You know, Bob Dylan once called him one of the great American songwriters. And he is. He's he's an amazing he's an amazing artist. I mean, he, and he was on the Muppets. Who doesn't love the Muppets? I don't think anybody doesn't love the Muppets. <laughs> exactly right. So <laughs> I I love the Muppets. Um, I I've got like all the and, every season, or I might have given them all away. I don't know. Might and you've so. got a heart of stone, black black heart. So that just proved that, that everybody loves the Muppets. Yeah, there must be a little, um, little green in my heart, I guess. Eh? Yeah, maybe. Uh, number two, Searching for Sugarman from 2012. Excellent. I dog. really like this dog. Yeah, I really really liked it. Um, it it's uh, it kind of comes out of nowhere though because I'd never heard of this guy, and as do most people, have never heard of this guy, but. He's massive in South Africa. Yep. So it's kind of like how one person can become famous somewhere, right? Kind of like back to your comment from your doc, Spinal Tap. Right? Yeah. We're, we're number one in Japan. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> so, after, after seeing Searching for Sugar Man, I actually went out and bought his album. So it, it definitely oh, affected me. His, and his, his music is great. It, like, it is great. Yeah. I, I love Rodriguez. Yeah. yeah it's kind of too bad. That he did, he didn't get more notoriety, right? Yeah, well, he's he's, uh, he's touring now. He he actually came to Calgary, played the Jubilee Auditorium uh, a year ago, year or two ago, um, and they oh, wow. they, they sold it out. So he's he's doing okay wow. now. That he he got a big following from that movie. He uh, immediately after that movie came out, he ended up playing on David Letterman. Um, he's been touring ever since. Um, yeah, he's doing well. Wait. I'm, I'm hoping he puts out some new material. I would love to hear some new Rodriguez. And uh, forgive me if, well, if maybe, that has happened, or but I, I don't think it has. Um, but yeah, no, he's he's been doing well because of that movie, and good on him because you know it's quite a story. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you know what? It, it kind of follows the story of a few pretty big artists like um, Tracy Chapman. Kind of came from that, you know, the street. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, become so famous, and she's brilliant too. Oh, um, I love Tracy Chapman. Just, and even Justin Bieber, right? I just like, love Tracy Chapman's him. smile. Oh my God. Have you seen her smile? It just lights up everything. It's crazy. But she's oh, yeah. Yeah, so she's, talented. She's a sweetheart. Yeah, totally. Um, my number one, uh, Keith Richards, Under the Influence from 2015. Cool. This doc blew my mind. I was never a huge Stones fan my entire life. I was always a Who fan when I was growing up because, of course, it's from a generation before for us and uh i was more of a who fan always loved townsend and his guitar playing and his, his musical his musical writing yep. um the stones have always been there right like you can't deny they're they're great artists oh, um but but i always personally thought that keith richards was a bit of a big loser slash stoner slash alcoholic the film uh this well, film some of those journey. things like i would yeah well he's not yeah don't, he's, he's not, not a loser anymore. but the rest i agree with yeah well, so this this film, I would take this journey with him every day. He goes to places and meets people I never would have thought that he had been connected to. It showed me that, like his, from for a doc that you know, this is the guy, it's Keith Richards. Everybody knows him. Everybody knows about him, of him, 
And he would just go to like different places and just, you know, jam with people that was just, and plays, he just has a supreme love of music. So it was like, you pick a style, he could play with something. He was, he didn't care if it was country or if it was blues or if it was um, bluegrass or whatever. Like he was just getting in and just loves music. So I wouldn't be surprised. Like he'd be like um, Bill Murray, right? It's like where Bill Murray just shows up at someone's birthday party. I'm sure Keith Richards just shows up at a band and watches them at a, a show in the middle of London or something, right? Like it, yeah. it was, it was a cool journey. I, I, I'm not sure if you've seen that. I, I have doc, seen it. it. Yeah, it's no, it, it. it's good. It is good. All right, sir. Well, that's I, my list. What you got? That's a, it's an odd thing. I don't have really a negative thing to say about any of your selections. So, tis good. Oh, that's that's new. That is new. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll, we'll just fire through my honorable mentions real quickly. Um, just watched this the other day again for the second time, Echo in the Canyon uh, from 2018, uh, about the music that came out of Laurel Canyon in the, in the 60s, uh, you know, Mamas and the Papas yeah. and the Birds, and it's just it one. just so excellent. Uh, 20 Feet from Stardom from 2013, the doc that finally shines a spotlight on backup singers over the decades. Uh, really good doc. Also great. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the Wrecking Crew from 2008, session musicians from the 60s and 70s that you may not have known were actually playing the music of some of your favorite songs. Uh, then yeah, we've got very good. then we've got Metal: A Headbanger's Journey from 2005. <laughs> um, a lot of fun if you're if you're a fan of heavy metal. Uh, it takes you on a journey through the evolution of metal um, and kind of does it as like a family tree. Like you know, it started here and then it, it sprouted off into this, and that became this type of metal, and that became that type of metal, and it's it's just really cool. Um, really enjoy that movie. If you like metal, you'll love it, and if you don't, eh, screw you. Uh, searching for exactly. searching for Sugar Man makes my honorable list. It actually flip flopped off of uh, off of my top ten. Back in, back out, back. I, finally, I'm like, nah, it's honorable mention. Uh, love it though. Um, you know the story of Rodriguez, singer songwriter who has not made an album since the '70s, who was completely unaware that his music had a giant following in South Africa. Um, really good watch. And as you know, we talked about it before. Uh, so let's get into my top ten music docs. Uh, number ten. Damn. Number 10 is Young at Heart from 2007. Um, if you are not crying at the end of this when Fred is singing Fix You, then you have no heart. Uh, number 9, Metallica, Some Kind of Monster from 2004. Uh, Metallica hires a group therapist to get them through the recording sessions of their album Saint Anger. Uh, whether you like Metallica or not, this is a fascinating watch. Um, there's actually one scene in it that I'll just talk about really quickly because it's one of my favorite scenes in any movie ever, uh, is when, uh, um, Lars, uh, the, 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 uh, the drummer there, um, he, he's doing what he does and he likes to do these kind of offbeat little things. Um, and he doesn't like to just kind of keep the beat, you know, he, he kind of likes to yeah. do his own thing because he doesn't want things to be stock. It's, oh, that sounds so stock. It can't be stock. And James Hetfield says to him, you know, I remember a time when the drummer just kept time. And that's just one of the best things that I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> well, since Lars does most of their writing, I'm sure he probably told them to go fuck himself. So. Yeah. All right. So uh, number eight, uh, Until the Light Takes Us from 2008. Uh, this navigates us through the Norwegian black metal movement from the 1990s that led to murder, suicide, Wait. and the burning of churches. Um, Jaw-dropping stuff. Really interesting, Doc. Uh, number six. Just badly filmed. Just badly filmed. It's, like, it was good. It was, I agree. It was I unbelievable. It. But yeah, the, it's one of those ones where the topic you kind of couldn't miss with it and yeah, it could have been shot better, but it still affected me yeah, and it still had to make my top 10. Uh, number six. What's that? Uh, but, well, I was going to say, I thought they did a pretty good rendition of it bringing it to the, the screen. Yeah. The Lords the of Chaos. That was pretty cool. They kind of, they yeah. kind of combined a couple of the stories and, but, uh, yeah, no, I, and you know, you know how I am a stickler for accuracy and stuff that I could, I can kind of yeah. go, I could I just kind of go with the uh, Lords of Chaos. It was, it was excellent. Um, plus it had, you know, the, the best Culkin brother, Rory Culkin. So I like to plug him whenever I can, cause I, cause I want, I want to see him in more movies. I really like Rory Culkin. Not that any of them are bad, but Rory's <laughs> awesome. 
Uh, number seven, Alive Inside. Um, it's a doc about music therapy for those with uh, memory loss. Um, really emotional stuff. Um, you bring, bring your uh, tissues if you haven't seen it. Um, you'll probably cry a few times. Uh, number six, uh, the, the, sorry, The Decline of Western Civilization, Part 2, uh, The Metal Years, um, from 1988. Yeah, a good one. All three parts of The Decline of the Western Civilization series are worth checking out, but um, this yeah. is my favorite. Um, and, uh, you know, where else can you see Ozzy Osbourne cooking himself some eggs and bacon wearing a leopard-printed bathrobe? Although I've been told it's not a leopard print, it's some other design but whatever um you're only going to see that in this doc so just for that it's worth checking out <laughs> see i like the first one there you go <laughs> uh so uh yeah and uh, you would like the first uh the uh first uh, decline of western civilization that would be up your alley yeah yep. uh, yeah but they're, they're all they're all good uh, penelope spheris made three really good films so it's worth checking out that whole series all three of them yeah i agree uh, absolutely uh, number five is a band called death from 2012. Um, it's, uh, about a punk trio from the seventies that has been broken up for 30 plus years. Um, and then they find out that they have a following after decades. Um, it's just good doc and it's good music. Uh, death was a really good tri power trio, uh, power punk trio. They're really, really good. Yeah, it's a good doc. I, I did see this one too. I yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it was. Uh, I, it played at uh, at Cuff. I'm almost positive, and it was it was excellent. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it did. Yeah. Uh, number four, Last Days Here from 2011. Uh, the story of metal band. Boy, there's a lot of metal in here. The story of metal band Pentagram, <laughs> who never made it because of the addiction and self-destructive behavior of its lead singer Bobby Liebling. Um, really, really good stuff. Uh, number three. Ah, finally we've overlapped here. It might get loud from 2008. Jimmy Page. There you the, go. The Edge and Jack White talking guitars. What else do you need? Um, I wish I could watch every outtake from this movie as I could not get enough yeah. of Jimmy Page and Jack White. Um, and there's something yeah. in, just entrancing about watching people who are truly passionate about their craft. Really, really worth watching. Love it might get loud. Number. I, I just yep. want to throw one more thing on. Absolutely. It, so just because in regards to being, you know, what I thought was great is because they're kind of all from different eras, right? Like, oh, yeah. they kind of, what I like too is that they showed their, their humble beginnings to how they got to be who they are now. Yeah. No. Which, you know, you, you I, I may not be a really huge um, YouTube fan, but I like YouTube in their, their YouTube, 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 YouTube. Uh, in the early years. Yes. Right, like when they first came out, they were a different band than they became. Right, but um, to see how they they transitioned into who he was and where he got his sound from, yeah. and where Jack White got his sound from, it, it was uh, I loved it too. Yeah. No, it was awesome. That brings me to my number two. That would be Strad Style from 2017. Daniel Houck is a poor hillbilly from Ohio who makes violins. If that is not a compelling subject for a documentary, then I do not know what is. This film is fantastic. <laughs> uh, I have seen it too. That's pretty good. I didn't mind it. <laughs> yeah. And, and my number one, and it's by far my number one, because it's probably my favorite documentary, no matter what kind of uh, doc we're talking about, um, is The Devil and Daniel Johnston from 2005. Um, it's just amazing to see how many lives Daniel has touched through his music and art. Um, this movie is a profile of a genius uh, who is a talented songwriter and artist, but unfortunately his mental issues get in the way of him having the success he deserves. Um, sometimes funny, sometimes sad, but it's always entertaining. This is my favorite documentary of all time. The Devil and Daniel Johnston. Have you seen Not that bad. one? That's a good list. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that too, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think it might be playing on Amazon, maybe? Oh, well, yeah, if it is, check it out. It's well worth watching. Yeah, no, it's well worth you know what's good too that we they were talking about some of this stuff now too because a lot of this stuff, um, a lot of the contents on docs and specifically what we what we've talked about on these, some of these like I just was I was building my list I kind of went and checked out well, what are, what are my favorite docs from the past are on like um, hype is actually on Amazon this one's on Amazon 
Um, Searching for Sugarman used to be on um, Netflix. So these are all movies like in these in, these, in our you know time of isolation. It's good to check out some of these docs and, and get reacquainted with some music. It's uh, uh, I'm glad we talked about it this week. It's uh, it's it's one of my favorite genres too. The music it's just right. great. Right on. So you know what that brings us to. Temperature rising. Vision blurring. Rage taking over. Ah, my rage this week. I don't want to say it's weak, but um, I've got I've got kind of two. I'm going to do a double whammy here this week. A double whammy. Yeah, it's a double whammy. All right, lay it on us. So my first one, you know, in this world that we live in now, that I'm calling it Corona 3.0, where we all we can do is stream stuff. I miss, I, I, we've, it's only been like, what, five, four weeks, five weeks? And I already miss not sitting in a cinema on a Friday night and watching our favorite movies together. But, um, you know, uh, one of the things that pisses me off is you want to know more about a movie. So... In particular, the one that made me the most angry. So, to you, okay, uh, we weren't going to go see the Etruscan Smile. Who was the star of this movie? Brian Cox. I'm asking you. That's right, Brian Cox. But when you go on uh, IMDb and you search the <laughs> Smile and doing it as we... Was he come up like we, fourth? He's not. So, you know, I usually cut and, uh, and paste out. Yeah. Uh, he, he, yeah, doesn't even make the top three. <laughs> and I'm just going to myself, come on, like who can write these things for IMDb? It's it's brutal. Now, this is a 2018 movie, but okay, top billing is Thora Birch, second is Rosanna Arquette, then Tim Matheson. And then that's usually <laughs> when IMDb cuts it off and goes, see the full cast. Who does it? Like, why can they not put the, the, the person who the movie's about? I mean, you look at the, the picture on IMDb. I'm looking at it right now. The Etruscan Smile. It's a picture of Brian Cox as he's naked in the very opening scene when he goes into he's the, the He's the only one on the picture. Yeah. And yet, they have him as the third person. And this happens again and again and again. Sometimes when, like, we've seen movies that, you know, we, we don't even necessarily know any of the actors or we're not familiar with them, and you kind of don't know, and then you kind of forget after you've seen a movie. It's like, oh, yeah, remember I, we saw that movie, and it was the guys, I forget what the guy's name was, but maybe it, maybe it's an all Latino cast because it's in Spanish, and you don't even remember anybody's name, and you kind of go back and watch it. It's like, hey, who is this? And, and like, put the people who are the main characters as the first person on the list. Like, it's it's annoying as hell. <laughs> it is. It makes it, it makes me so angry because even when I was thinking, like, wait a minute, if I didn't know Brian Cox, <laughs> I would like if someone didn't see this, they might think, okay, maybe this person Thora Birch is a guy. Maybe that's him. Who <laughs> 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 I mean, knows what the name Thora is? I mean, it could be a guy or a girl's name, right? I mean, Roseanne or Kat, at least, and Tim is kind of, uh, they kind of have uh, a certain sexual connotation to their name, but you know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's annoying when you try to go do some digging into a film and uh, they don't have the top actors in there. So that's my first bitch of the week. Right on. My second bitch of the week. Yep. Is Amazon. Now, I love Amazon. I love everything about Amazon. I like the fact that Amazon is now also doing more things in regards to a greener planet because I'm very supportive of that, as I know you are as well. And, um, you know, you can go on on internet and just search Amazon what their green process is coming up for the next little while. They're soon going to be doing everything that's recycling. They're also looking at things with drones that allows the, uh, you to have a box that's dropped off to doing a lot of great things. But one of the things that pisses me off the most about them on their streaming service is these new freaking channels that they've introduced. So I'm not sure how much Amazon you watch, but Quite a bit. I watch a significant amount of Amazon. Yeah. So um, they've got all these stupid little channels that come on. Last year, I picked one of them because I wanted to watch the Alone series. Uh, it's a TV show, so I won't talk much about it. Um and I got it. And then, but what was annoying is I was kind of like, wow, I really love this, this series. Um, I wish I could watch all the others. So you think you're getting the National Geographic channel or whatever it actually streamed on. But no, you're not. You're getting just one season of that episode. It's like, come on. 
Amazon. Like if you're going to put a, a, a new channel, if you want to charge me an extra seven bucks or 10 bucks or pick a number, whatever the number is, make sure I can see all the content. Like you go on Netflix or you go on Amazon and you want to see every Golden Girls episode, you can get the whole content. But, you know, uh, for them to put out a, a, and that's all free on Amazon. But if you're going to go choose one of these channels that you're going to pay for, all of a sudden now you've got to um, pay for all this extra money and you're getting like maybe 50 shows and it's just one season of each. You're kind of like, well, this is dumb. Buyer beware. Like, you're not getting my money. Yeah, you're not getting my money. So the, the sad thing is, am I going to buy this episode again once, uh, um, you know, the next season of Alone comes out? I kind of want to because I really like that that, that series. But, um, like, I, what I don't want to do is what happens if I miss it by, like, two days and then they drop the whole season? <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they should keep the con. They should, if you're going to stream something, stream the whole series so that you can see it from start to finish. Like, I don't want to pick up a, a show in season 10 and just watch one season. Or I don't want to see, like, um, like, now all three of the John Wick are on Amazon. Well, you know. Now that John Wick 3 is kind of past, you know, the sexy stage of the film, right? Um, it makes sense. But don't give us half a half a half job, right? Like, not that I ever want to see Maverick on, on Amazon <laughs> when they finally release that shithole movie. But you can sure see popcorn on there. Oh, because that was a reminder. It's time for me to shut the fuck up. All right. We are are running into the late 50 uh, 50 minutes here. here, So uh, we we got to get on with things. buddy. What you got? got? Well, sir, uh, mine's mild rage this week, and I'm going to go through it really quickly because we are kind of running low on time. So uh, as we are streaming a lot lately, I've noticed a lot of movies on the same subject that were made within a year or so of each other. Some examples of this include Jobs and Steve Jobs, made in 2013 and 2015 <laughs> respectively, Liberty, Liberty Stand Still and Phone Booth, both from 2002, about being caught in a phone booth with a sniper aiming at you, White House Down and Olympus Has Fallen from 2013, about the White House being taken down, Tombstone from 1993 and Wyatt Warp from 1994, both about Wyatt Earp. Uh, We got two Volcano Disaster movies in 97 with Dante's Peak and Volcano. We got two animated bug movies in Ants and a Bug's Life in 1998. And don't forget about the sci-fi genre. In 2000, we got The Voyage to Mars twice. Once in Mission to Mars and then again in Red Planet. And in 1995, we got Asteroids Threatening Earth twice. Once in Deep Impact and then again in Armageddon. Which also gave us, by the way, the worst Aerosmith song of all time, I don't want to miss a thing. Shame on you, Aerosmith. <laughs> then finally, we got Truman Capote. Shame, shame. <laughs> Absolutely. Finally, we got Truman Capote twice in 2005 and 2006. Capote and Infamous. Although I will admit both movies are stellar, and I would be hard-pressed to pick which actor portrayed Capote better. Both Phil- Philip, C. For- sorry. Both Philip Seymour Hoffman and Toby Jones were amazing in their roles. But having said all this, it's all about giving me more variety, and I hope the movie make your makers of our time take a lesson from the past and stop releasing the same movie within a year or two of each other, although I'm not overly optimistic. That is my rage, and I think we's gots to move on. You said it. I'm fine. I'm jumping on that bandwagon, too. Rage. Subsiding. Pulse. Slowing. Anger fading. All right. So, with all that being said... It's time for Rage or Dare. And I think this week, we got to... Uh, oh, first, we got to talk about your uh, your dare last week. You had to see Cool as Ice with uh, starring that, our, our favorite white rapper, Vanilla Ice. How was that? Well, he's kind of my second favorite white rapper because Eminem is probably my What? First, Eminem? But- you like better than Vanilla Ice? Really? <laughs> Just a little bit. All right, to each their own. Just a wee, just a wee bit. Uh, So, uh, first off, um, I kind of like 
vanilla ice and all his awesome pants. I just want to get that out of the way right off the bat. <laughs> the man had some awesome um, pants. He did have some awesome pants. Uh, so I, I want everybody to know who doesn't know, this was directed by the great director, David Kellogg, known for such film classics as Playboy Video Playmate Calendar, 1991-1990. Nice. Also, Playboy Wet and Wild Playboy, The Best of Wet and Wild, and finally, both this treasure and 1999's Inspector Gadget. So you can see his body of work has a lot of depth. And so when I knew I was going to get to watch this, and of course, this is the first time I got to joyfully get to view this fantastic piece of masterwork, spun a yarn by a fantastic director, uh, I was quite surprised at his body of work to know that, wow, he's made some great Playboy movies. Uh, right from moment one, the music was intoxicating and inviting. I wanted to break dance, and to be honest, I did just a little bit breakdance in my in my uh, living room would have loved to see that uh, i i love the super awesome lip sync matchup i felt i was watching 1970s hong kong kung fu movie it was good it was right fantastic yo he, he was so on point with everything he was doing i literally thought i was being taken back to bruce lee on screen nice. uh i did a lot i did a, a uh i did learn a lot about hip-hop dancing from one white guy and the rest of the crew um he did keep talking way too fast. I wasn't sure what he was meaning, although I did think he was cool as ice. Mm -hmm. um, one thing I was surprised to find out was um, uh, Stanley Lassick uh, from One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest. Seriously, I love this guy. Yeah. And Dottie Goodman from our, one of our favorite movies, Grease and Grease 2, were in this. Two great comedians. Fantastic. It was a pleasant surprise. Oh, and Michael Gross, the great, great actor from the fantastic sitcom Family Ties. Well, and from the Tremors series. Yeah, exactly. Uh, drop that zero and get with the hero. I never tire of hearing that line. It's a good line. Said it so fresh. The dialogue was just that fresh and more. Can you put it back together? with quickness <laughs> where are you going where are you going by going across the street to fling a flong long so nice uh, I like I was watching a 90 minute music video I almost had as much that almost as much plot as one who doesn't love 90 minutes of a music video of music that you love to dance to I don't know Jim the best part I think though <laughs> the best thing the best part I think about um, was the actual soundtrack that followed him. Whenever he was doing anything cute, it yeah. was like he had his, you know, it's like that thing is like, oh, Vanilla Ice must be doing something cute because his soundtrack's on. Uh, the movie had everything in it. I hate about most movies. <laughs> it, had a, it was a musical. It had corny love stories. It had bad acting. It had a bad script. It had annoying kids who can't act. Also a douchebag who we are pretending to be cool. Not sure the whole purpose of this movie, except for a venue for a 90-minute music video for a bad artist and a transition film for softcore porn director. Yet it showed just who cared. Like who cared about this? Um, I did laugh a lot at the craptasticness of it, uh, but that ended pretty quickly. Uh, it, it got old quick, homie, didn't it? Yeah. Later, homie, six to fixing houses. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it was uh, a rage. It was a hard rage, but it was still better than Top Gun and Grease Two by far. There you go. Outstanding. That uh, that gave me a lot of joy. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I felt like I was being tortured for some ninety solid minutes. Although I did like the ending with this giant music montage where he did his. One of his famous songs, I don't know what it was. Something, something, unwrapping. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, this week we've got to. Um, yeah. So, so even even though kids. Murray's not here, we still got to pluck from his sweet bag because we're getting the old double treatment here. Yeah. So we don't get to do a dare this week. This way we're doing a rage bag. Yeah. So uh, we have plucked from the bag. Are you ready for this? Uh, I'm, are y'all ready for this? Uh, bah, 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 bah. Yes, I'm ready. 
Alright. So our challenge this week is cannonball run two. Cannon ball run two. <laughs> So, so wait a minute. Isn't so, some, yes. So, so no, you go first. Well, apparently this is topical um, because I've just been handed a note uh, because a new record has been set for Cannonball Run: twenty-six hours and thirty-eight minutes to drive from New York to L.A. So, that's something. Huh? <laughs> huh? Is the appropriate no. reaction? You know, this, this movie is cast full of a bunch of winners in this movie. Burt Reynolds before he was good as an actor. Yeah. Um, I seem to remember, crap, Jackie Chan's in this movie. He might have been. I don't remember. Man, there's like a, everybody in the, oh, what's his name? Um, I remember. Yeah, I think, uh, what's his name? The, the guy from Jaws. Um, Richard Keel's in this. Yeah. I think him and Jackie Chan are players up together. You know what? I might not hate this movie. I'm, I'm going to absolutely dread this movie. It's a movie about racing cars. It's a movie that I know that I hated the first one, and I remember that the second one made the first one look like a freaking masterpiece. So this is going to be <laughs> awful. I haven't seen it in, since I was probably like 12. And if 12-year-old Bryce couldn't even get into this, I can just imagine what 45-year-old Bryce is going to think of this movie. Screw you, Murray, for making me watch this piece. <laughs> of, I haven't even watched it yet, and I'm already raging. This is just wrong. I love it. Uh, this, is, this might make it to math for me. This could be the week at flip flop baby. Yeah. Uh, anyways... <laughs> Uh, well, check us out next week. We're here. We'll hear what we think. Absolutely. Run okay. right. Well, that takes us. Uh, that takes us to the end of this week, does it not? It does. So, with that being said, you are up, my friend. All right. Well, thanks to all you agents for uh, for checking us out this week. Um, thanks to the extended film rage crew of Murray, who's on sabbatical. Stephanie DeRoy, who's currently on hiatus, Leonard Conlin, and his artistic village, village, his artistic, who probably has an artistic village too, artistic vision and photography via Leonard Conlin Photography. Watch for some new uh, pics coming up from Mr. Potato uh, on our social media. Uh, and our new cartoonist, artist Vaughn. So we've got some, uh, got some new artwork on our social media, so check that out. Listen to us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. And finally, on our website, which is filmrageyyc.com. Come check us out. Leave us some comments. Tell us some stuff. Tell us some stories. Be good to us. We are always wanting your feedback to make this a raging blast for our listeners. So please comment often and please make us rage. Please, please. That's it for this week. Rage on. Rage on.